Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Yep. Awesome. <laughs> and with alcohol. <laughs> All right, let's mix it up. Let's do it. Yes. All right, it's Friday. I know. Well, it's Wednesday if you're listening. Yeah. I don't know, unless you saved it for Friday. Yeah, whatever. It's Friday for it's us. It's Friday for us. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Busy week, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I had a couple really long, like, marathon appointments this week. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I love helping people. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a, it's good to be drinking old fashions on oh. the old fashioned finance podcast. We don't do this a whole heck of a lot. We but need to do this more often. Yeah, so. back to our roots, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy to make. I mean, there's that. Yes. plus. we don't even have to think about. It. We make these in our sleep, man. Yes, yes. I mean, I have a couple little variations that I oh, like yeah. to do. So we're gonna and make we're gonna a variation do one today. today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and this one we haven't done a lot of this. No, I've I've made a few of these here at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not at home <laughs> <laughs> yes during the work to work <laughs> uh, but i really like e- even with this variation there's many variations so today this is going to be kind of polarizing because mm-hmm, i noticed mm-hmm. at least my friends on social media have a lot of opinions about smoking whiskey Ooh. we're doing smoked old fashions today we are and i might alienate some friends here mm-hmm. uh, by smoking some whiskey in here uh in, in our old fashions today but you know what Deal with it. Bring on the controversy. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to have a discussion. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I will say I've liked the finished product. But yeah, yeah. I mean, without getting ahead of ourselves too much here, I was like really surprised at what this did to the drink Mm -hmm. the first time. I had a smoked old fashioned. Yeah. And you know, was this was this the first that you had a smoked old fashioned here, or did you try one? Yeah, it was the first time. Yeah. And so really it was like uh and Granted, we're not making it like extra, extra smoky. No. But I thought that the smoke would like penetrate down into the drink. Yeah. What it did is it like it shot out my nostrils, which is yeah. like hard to explain, but um, that's exactly what it So did. yeah, I I'm going by memory. Yeah. I yeah, it doesn't, in my opinion, ha- it hasn't affected the taste of the old fashioned. Yeah, I thought it's just it, the smell that you get along with it, which yeah. does affect taste, I guess. Yeah, but, but I thought it would be like like a smoky like taste like a burnt taste in the drink yeah. and so i and i and i'm gonna tell you like i've had like smoked meats and stuff like mm-hmm. that when they overdo it oh yeah okay and it's like i can't do that right like you just rolled that piece of meat around in the campfire not doing it i, I think that's the key so if you're if you're listening to this and you're gonna mimic this at home just remember it's a delicate a dab will do you yeah uh, you're right no i and i i take this i kind of go back to my experience with smoking meats at first mm-hmm. right i think the first probably the first rack of ribs that i ever smoked mm-hmm. on my weber kettle grill which mm-hmm. i love and and i've got that down to a science now right i made the mistake of throwing my my hickory chunks on right mm-hmm. and then when i noticed the smoke stopped rolling out i just i added more hickory right because you're smoking ribs after right all. exactly man the the ribs were dry. They were just overly smoky. It was it ruined it. And what I've noticed is you you put that one big chunk in there and let it you know let it kind of just do it slowly thing. burn, mm-hmm. or you you sprinkle some chips on there. And when it's done, it's done. Right. And, and you get just the right amount of smokiness in there, which is 
just a little bit. You right. just want a little bit. So, so it's funny. Like one of my first like job slash internships, I worked for a company that was like based in Texas. Mm-hmm. And for Christmas, they got everybody smoked turkeys. And so we get this turkey home. I'm like all excited. I'm uh-huh. like, it literally tasted like it was like drug through a campfire. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that turkey was so good. I'm like, no, oh, no, man. it wasn't. I think, I think they used an entire wood like tree, you know, forest to smoke that thing. But, you know, well, I hear that smoked turkey is awesome. So the smoke here, the better, right? I'm supposed to like this. So right. I like it. I like it didn't even, it, I'm 90% sure that it went in the garbage can. It's like, kind it of how a bad. lot of people are with whiskey, right? Like, yeah. They that's taste true. whiskey and they're like, oh, Ooh. my friends collect this. And yeah. I'll, you know, oh, yeah, I'm I'm supposed to like this, right? This is really good. You can just tell me if you don't like it. Spit it out. It's okay. There's, yeah. there's plenty of stuff out there to enjoy. Right. I, I think with all of this stuff, moderation. Right? You got to practice a little bit. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. for sure. Hey, I'm going to let's yeah, well, let's see got, if you can. I got this. Do you so have the butane with we you? We have a torch. Okay, so you got to have a torch. I got it to light. Yeah. There we oh, go. there you go. Okay. So I you have to like it was like flip it oh, over was to the it on? off and all then right. we have we have full power. Okay, that's more than full power. Oh yeah, there's like a uh, a a stay on lock, yeah, Yeah. locker on this thing. So yeah, so okay, so if you're you know playing at home, we bought a smoking kit, Kuzkuzi smoked cocktail kit, Kuzkuzi smokers, (laughs) Amazon.com special. It came with some wood chips, you know, the screen and the seal, the and a torch to do these drinks. Okay. And what kind of wood chips did it come with? And we have apple, we have oak, we have pecan, and we have cherry. And I don't feel like we're going to do apple today. We're going to do apple because it's apple season. Yeah. So <laughs> have we done apple? I I, I have. I think actually, I think I've tried everything but cherry. Okay. Well, we're going to do apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, All we'll right. do cherry and cherry season. So yeah, what this thing looks like is it, there's a there's a wood ring. Yep. That you can set a mesh screen in, and it's got a little divot, so you can drop just just a the few. The screen wood chips looks like in. something you put in your kitchen sink. Yeah, it looks like one of those. Uh, well, it almost Trainers. looks like a tea baller. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. So you know the the wood chips don't get into your drink, but it rests on top of the glass. The wood creates somewhat of a seal. So we torch it. Let's go ahead and torch it, Jason. Right, give I'll it a torch this. for about. Uh, well, get it good and. All right, now throw that lid on. There's a wood topper. Okay, and count to fifteen. Okay, we're doing it. We're doing the thing. So what do we talk about? We need some like uh, smoky waiting music, Bo. <laughs> uh, I can smell it. Yeah, so at, like, what it's doing is it, we got it hot. And you can see the smoke just like coming Ooh. out of the, um, of the wood topper, really. And we're going to do it again. So we're it's making it really cool to see the smoke bouncing around in the glass um, between the the top of the the liquid and the the wood cap it just kind of don't do it near your smoke detector (laughs) yeah yeah see see it working in there just kind of rolling out and mine is still yeah see a little bit of wispy smoke and if you if you want to see like what this looks like online like there's tons of really good videos now some some bars like do this like over the top like they're putting a ton of smoke in there yeah they're smoking the heck out of it and you can smell it when you walk in right Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's try it. Let's do it. All right. We didn't go over the ingredients. What? What? Oh, ancient, an old fashioned. Uh, yeah. Two ounces of bourbon. Uh, we used ancient, ancient age 
which by the way, I think is great for mixing. Uh, ancient, ancient age might be kind of hard to find for some folks, but ancient age is readily available. Yes. And I'll tell you, it's a good mixer. It is a good mixer. It's a little bit, uh, it, it's on the less potent side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably like 80 proof. So they're saying like, this is potentially Blanton's that never became Blanton's. <laughs> yeah. For so. whiskey nerds out there who yeah. stand in line for Blanton's or get on waiting lists. Uh, there, there are some rumors that ancient, ancient age is the whiskey that just didn't quite cut it to make it into a Blanton's right. bottle. I don't know whether that's true or not. It's a little bit higher proof. It makes a really good mixer, but we put a quarter ounce of simple syrup in, mm-hmm. or you can do a sugar cube also, right? Two or three dashes of Angostura bitters. Mm-hmm. And then I threw some orange bitters in there too. That's just cause we like them. Uh, I think and it's an great in an old fashioned and yeah. an orange peel. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's try it, Jason. All right, here we go. Nope, exact same thing happened as last time. Straight out my nose. Hmm. Like the 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 apple is coming right out of my nostrils. It's Maybe crazy. I haven't tried apple before. That is that, different than one I've That I is that is unusual and really cool. It mm-hmm. does make the drink significantly different. Well, it and takes a look, the old fashioned is classic. If we've practiced but this one simple. a lot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we know what this we is. We can make these in our like. sleep. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, look, I have an old fashioned. Apparently I made it in my sleep. It is a very simple drink, but it's classy. And if you just want just a little bit of, you know, you might be that guy that comes home from work, makes an old fashioned every night. This is a nice little twist. Just yeah. got just got an extra little something. there. Yeah. So I the apple chips definitely made it sweeter. Okay. Mm-hmm playing with my nose senses more than my tongue palate yes definitely you don't feel it in your throat or anything and all of that was things that i was fearful of Mm -hmm. when we got this yeah i was like ah man i don't know i think this. i I imagine i imagine if we would leave this on there longer we would maybe run into that but 10 to 15 seconds seems to be just about right how does how could i guess my and maybe we should try that sometime but you know, I, but how, I don't want to ruin an old fashioned. Right. How how could you possibly get that smoke to like really permeate down into the liquid? I, I just well I, so the ones that I see online that they're doing under those giant beakers and mm-hmm. you know, they're just billowing amounts of smoke. Maybe you have it in the liquid, but with what we've got going on here, I don't think so. It's left in my it's still lingering in my nose. Yeah. So I think here's here's the thing for whiskey drinkers, whiskey tasting. So much of your taste is involved in your nose. Mm-hmm. You should be smelling it while you're tasting it, kind of breathing in a little bit whenever you you mm-hmm. taste. Don't go down. Don't, don't make it go down the wrong pipe. But so that's that's what I'm getting when you, I'm breathing in when I'm tasting this, and I get the smell of the apple wood, but I'm getting all the taste of the old fashioned. When you're, it mixes when, really nice. When you're tasting bourbon, a lot of times you're you're sipping it out of a Glencairn glass. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they tell you to to smell it first, right? Yeah. And you're going to leave your mouth open. Yeah. I feel like that pathway between your mouth and your nose is critical and actually being able to feel the full like bouquet of flavors inside of a uh, very nice. Yeah. Inside of a <laughs> uh, of a good bourbon. And and we've learned. I mean, our palates have definitely changed in the last year. We, yeah, we I mean, we think they've gotten better. Maybe we've just gotten to be snooty. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. That's possible. Hey, this is the finance podcast. I know. We should get to it. Should you we? know? All right, Jason. Well, I will let you take it away then. What are we talking about today from a finance standpoint? <laughs> so you got a thousand page financial plan. No, like, no, like <laughs> what, what is, is a financial, financial plan, plan yeah. right? Yeah. So what we is talk a fi- about it all the time, don't yeah. we? Yeah. And I and you want to talk. Maybe this is a topic where we are snooty. We are definitely snooty about this one because we take it really serious. So yeah. 
I think we get tons of preconceived notions, misconceptions around what a financial plan looks like. And I think we'll just dive right into it. The very first one is, is that it is like this thousand page document. You know? Well, yeah, I, I think that this is something that the financial industry right. has kind of pushed on consumers as almost like another product to buy, right? Like, Well, and, and in a certain sense, I think a lot of you know wealth management firms, banks, private banks have pushed this on their employees as like a a uh, tick mark, a yeah. sales goal. Yeah. And a lot of them are charging separate fees for these plans. So I think the industry has like created a product. And yeah. the product is a fancy binder with a thousand pages that will never be looked at after the it, meeting. <laughs> it's almost like, here you go. I've done the work, right? This is why you should trust me and believe in our process because look at all this work I did. And then the client takes it home and goes, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And, and I hate that. I hate that part where it's like, is this something that is just trying to prove to the client how smart the financial advisor is? And I, and I think that's probably where it gets really like disappointing mm-hmm. when you're out there as a practitioner. You, you know, we're, we're two guys. We can only help so many people. We want good practitioners out in the marketplace. So, you know, and a lot of times it's a tool that's used to sell some kind of specific product. <laughs> and the one that I'm going to point to, I see a lot is life insurance. Yeah. Like they do this, like, you know, personal planning analysis or, you know, so-called financial plan. And it's like, at the end, it's like, surprise, you need a million dollars of whole life insurance. Now that ticks me off, you know, <laughs> that really like, grinds my gears. It does. And so to be controversial at all, like that is garbage, throw it away and go find a real financial planner, quite frankly. Right. Well, Jason, don't we all kind of call ourselves financial planners now? Well, yeah, everybody's a financial planner, if you ask. Yeah, a pro- another what problem in our industry. You know, it's yeah. not perfect. So, you know, for us, I think we've had the best luck with the shorter, the better. Yeah, I know that's like an action list, a to do list seems to be like some of the best financial planning results that we've had. Yeah, a client walks out of here and is like, I got my things to do, and we have our things to do. And we go do those things, and it turns out that they make progress. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's deliverable. It's something that is achievable, attainable. And you know, you're not here. Execute these thousand pages worth of doc. You know, execute everything in this plan, and in mm-hmm. 30 years, you're going to be okay. See you later. No, no, no. Like you said, a one-page financial plan taking from uh, Carl Carl Richards Richards book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I I've always said my best financial plans have been on a legal pad or sometimes on the back of a napkin at a lunch meeting or something yeah, like that. And they may not even be written down, R- right? Okay, it may be something as simple as like, listen, there is nothing bigger a bigger priority in your plan right now than getting a will. Like, I'm going to make sure you get an appointment with an attorney. And that is going to be our number one goal for the next three months. Yeah. Like that in a nutshell is all the financial planning thousand pages that you could come up with Monte Carlo simulations, all that nonsense may not matter if they can't have a solid actionable item list to go out and, and, and take care of. So I would, I would put it this way. When I meet with folks, when you meet with folks, we have an agenda that's, I mean, a document. <laughs> we also have agendas. <laughs> we, we run off of an agenda, right? And we yes. encourage our clients to participate in the meetings, right? So that you can walk through the agenda, see where we're going next, follow along. Mm-hmm. And behind that, we always have a to-do list, right? Yes. Which, which has 
advisor, right? Mm-hmm. Here's my to-do list. Client, here's my to-do list, right? And, and I try to, I can't say that I always stick to this, but I try to keep it to three things or less for my clients because yeah. look, let's be honest, how much, you walk out of the, the appointment, right? Mm-hmm. We sit down, we review your financial picture, we review changes in your life, income needs, all that kind of stuff, right? And then you walk out of here and you go, well, that was great. I feel like that really helped. Right. And then you get back on with your life. Yep. Right. And then next thing you know, it's time to meet with Jason or Caleb again. Right. Absolutely. How much are you going to really be able to accomplish between, a, you know, annual reviews or semi-annual reviews? We try to keep it short and sweet. You walk out of here with three things to do. You think, OK, I can get this done between now and the next time I get together with my advisor. When you walk out with 100 things to do. <laughs> You know, what, what would you do, Jason? Would you, would you start chipping away at it or would you just say, look, if I can't get this done, I'm not going to do any of it, right? Yeah, and that is almost, you know, human nature. So I mean, small bites. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, moving to the next point, which I think is really important, is you create this thousand page document and then three months from then, from that point, something changes. Which will happen. It will happen. Yeah. And not just that, like, you will change. Yeah. Like, if you asked me 10 years ago, what does retirement look like to mm-hmm. you? It would have been totally different than the, the view that I have today. Yeah. You know, with experience, watching others, observe what they're doing. The reality is, is it has to be flexible and ongoing. And I like to use the, as you may have seen on TV, the Ronco food dehydrator line, <laughs> which is you can't set it and it. Yeah. Okay. You cannot. And this is a living, breathing. You realize we're going to have to pay royalties for what you just said. Crap. (laughs) (laughs) No, you you just can't. You can't set it and never look at it again. Right. The if and I think this is one thing that a lot of times is just forgotten about is you're gonna let's say you're 59 and you're nearing retirement. You're gonna have these thresholds that are gonna come come Mm -hmm. up. And you hear me preach all life the time. Events. Life the, uh, events. Life insurance industry yeah. says. <laughs> oh, gosh. So these events are going to happen. They're going to happen no matter what. And they're usually at predictable ages, right? Uh-huh. So 62, you need to consider Social Security. 59 and a half, you can take money out of your IRA. 65, Medicare, Social Security. All, all those things. 50, are, catch-up contributions. Right. Yeah, we can go, go right. on forever. Exactly. So this is, you hear me preach about it, and it probably gets old, but... I talk about a financial planning cadence, okay? A cadence that is just like, this is expected. We know we're going to do these things on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And usually we're picking up the changes that somebody is experiencing. So to set it and forget it is kind of like malpractice in my opinion. I mean, it's 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 really unfortunate though, the number of people that come in here and like, I haven't seen my advisor in like 15 years. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, well, I think, you know, going... I'll I'll kind of go back to, you know, the bite-sized chunks that we talked about and say, look, if you walk out of here with three reasonable actions, right? You're going to get it done. You're going to make progress. Not only are you going to make progress, but you're going to feel like you're making progress. And the parallel that I draw here is we talk about it a lot because we're a finance podcast, but right. Dave Ramsey, right? Sure. His goal is to get people out of debt so they can <laughs> live like no other now so they can live and give like no other down the road, right? Whatever. Okay, yeah, good that's good great. mission. Good mission, right? So Dave doesn't say all right, here's the hundred things you got to do to get out of debt, stupid. Right. And also to, you know, be charitable and all these other things, right? It's okay. Baby step one, right? Right. right. Ba- so small, actionable items 
And you know what the magic in that system is, you make progress pretty quick. And you need to because you need that success. You need right. to go to the end zone, spike the ball, you know, and then Ooh, line like back that. up. Yeah, you do. And so, you know, and that was our that was really our third point. Like this is going to create a ton of work. And you must set those priorities. Mm-hmm. And so a good advisor is there to help you set those. And you may naturally know them, but sometimes like I I just so you know, like one of my advisors, okay, an attorney, mm-hmm. came to me and kind of sideswiped me and said, Hey, your son's gonna be 18 years old. You should get a power of attorney for him for healthcare reasons. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'd never even thought about that. And no, that's not what you think about when your son's turning 18. No, I'm thinking about holy crap, my son's 18. How did that happen? <laughs> get him out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, he still lives with us. He's, he's a senior in high school. You know, we got to have that because God forbid something happens. Mm-hmm. We couldn't, we would know nothing about him. Yeah. So that would be a, a good example of that is an urgent priority. He turns yeah. 18 in two weeks. So Jason, this wasn't laid out for you in a plan five years ago that at this age, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. And the market's probably going to do this in the meantime. No. And so we're going to look at, yeah, that... That's the issue that I have with these big, complex financial plans. Let's be honest. Most financial advisors, honestly, are are plugging information into a program. It's spitting out a bunch of pages in a big Mm -hmm. document. Mm -hmm. And most of those pages, financial advisors are going to look at and go, I don't know. What do the numbers look like? What's my probability of success here? Right. Yeah. So what we're going to do... like. Again, we're not dismissing the fact that software is like part of it. it no, 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 absolutely is. not. But we use it to double check our, like, I guess our assumptions, uh-huh. you know, things that are, we want to make sure that, okay, if I tell you as a client, you're going to have enough money to survive, you know, ups and downs in the market, I better have done some Monte Carlo simulations. Well, sure. Okay. Like, take all possible market scenarios, like this one, <laughs> a lot of market <laughs> scenarios, test it. Good times, bad times, really, really good times, really, really bad times. Can we survive through all of this? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is a probability that's high enough, then great. But I'm not going to sit there in a meeting and bore the client with how I did 25,000 Monte yeah. Carlo simulations and the probabilities are X, Y, and Z. They don't well, care. It, they want to know that they're going to be okay. It's funny that you say that because what, what it all boils down to, if they're still with you at the end of this long document is, right. okay, so it says I've got a 78% chance of meeting my goals, right? Well, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> well, okay. So, but that's what we're, we're lasering in on, right? Okay. Yeah. I see this big stack of papers. What am I going to be all right? Right, right, <laughs> right. Right. We can do that stuff behind the scenes, but again, like I, you know, the point I was making was that uh, most advisors don't know how to read through a financial plan and 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 honestly get to the point of delivering a plan and going through all these pages mm-hmm. and saying, "Well, this is this, this is this, this is why this." You think clients are going to hang out there with you? You're listening to this right now. Uh, ask yourself: Would you sit through? And we keep saying a thousand pages, but quite honestly, would you sit through a 52 page presentation? And I would say, even if we just look at one area of a a financial planning, let's say it's retirement, probably the most common one, right? We look through that. It's probably going to be 20 pages, but out of a, out of software that's Mm -hmm. like trying to predict where your income can be. And again, million different kinds of scenarios that can be factored in, but your advisor has to be a professional and be able to actually uh, filter it down to something that applies to you. And you and I know like in our in our area, we've got a bunch of old German, you know, like 
good, solid heritage that is like super conservative and they manage money different than somebody that might be in Columbus, Ohio, let's well, just say. We or, fear change. Well, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's good. It's good and it's bad. Sometimes we have to encourage people to spend um, and sometimes we don't. So it just, it, again, it's unique. Um, but, you know, I think probably one of the biggest uh, annoyances that I see out there is, and I've heard it, um, uh, they refer to kind of what we do as invest we're investment guys yeah and that financial planning is a waste of time mm-hmm. okay that that is like so painful to me um because their investments don't matter if you don't have a plan right like what's it for yeah it's like mike tyson once said everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth <laughs> right we've been experiencing the punching we've been getting punched in the mouth <laughs> Well, Jason, I, I think that, um, so I, I guess what is a financial plan and what isn't a financial plan? You might be able to plug all the information into the software, get the probability and the Monte Carlo simulations that you want that are favorable, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's not applicable, right? if it's not something that, and, and this is a book I, I'd recommend anybody to read, The One Page Financial Plan by Carl Richards. Easy read too. And it, he, you know, he kind of, it flies in the face of what our industry has pushed. And, and quite frankly, the, in, the insurance industry has pushed this and I'm, you can't see it. I'm air quoting financial plans, right? right? Right. Because it's a tool to sell something in a lot of cases. Now, that doesn't mean financial planning is bad. We do financial planning. But you know, his whole point in that book is if you can't funnel it all down to one page of here are the action items, here mm-hmm. are the things, we're going to be okay if we do this, this, and this, right? Then it's not a, an effective plan. Right. And if you walk out of my office and you can't accurately say, this is my plan, this is what I'm doing, and why? then it's not a good plan. It's not an effective plan. And guess what the probability of it working is? Probably zero. zero. Yeah. So you're basically saying that the thousand page financial plan is probably not a financial plan. I think there's tons of great information in there. Yeah. And like you said, that could be used to corroborate your theory, your, your theory or mm-hmm. your, yeah, your preconceived thoughts or, but I'm telling you, I guess in our case, most of the time, the legal pad financial plan that we whip out for a client while mm-hmm. we're talking and going through things you know, we're going to those Monte Carlo simulations and other things to to justify our thinking. Does right. this make sense? Right. right? I'm, I've got Excel spreadsheets to look at income levels and mm-hmm. how much distributions we can take. And and one of the things that I like so much about you know even like the Dave Ramsey plan, just the simplicity of like say fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. Ignore the matches. Ignore all the not. Just say fifteen percent. If you do that, you know why? you're going to be okay. Yeah. Because when you're saving fifteen percent and you have no debt in the world. Not a lot of Monte Carlo simulations that are going to show you this ain't going to work. Right. Right. It, it, it's just practical common it, sense. And most of it is. Right. Now, if you if you are an engineer, God bless you. I love you. But you're a nerd <laughs> and you need all. We those love numbers. nerds. We can we do that, too. OK, so if that's what it takes for you. Call to, Jason to believe. <laughs> to, and I do. I am kind of that guy. So if, you, if that's what it takes for you to believe the plan, then uh-huh. fine. So financial. Yeah, plan, but those the, you're going to break it one way. You are going to find a way to break it because that's what your brain is programmed to do. Exactly. So, but the reality is, is I think what we're, we're agreeing on here, right? Yeah. Is a real financial plan is all about priorities and action items. Sure. And simple. And that is probably the plan. Simplify. Right. Yeah. Gosh, it's just, why do, why does our industry is so perverted sometimes, you know, we have a, a tendency to, and this is, so now, now it's kind of an aside here, but I think that we have a tendency to overcomplicate things 
And let, let's be real. There are people out there who will, if, if I can overcomplicate things, if I confuse you enough and show you how smart I am, yep. then maybe you'll feel like you can't do it without me. I tell people all the time, look, if you sit down with me and you don't learn something, I haven't done my job. I would generally say, look, if I can figure this out, you can figure this out. Yeah. But what it all boils down to is you don't want to be your financial advisor, right? Right. You need You do what you're partner. good at. You right. really do. Right. So 90% of this is behaviors. 10% had knowledge. Get on a plan. Look at the actions. Make sure you're doing them and, and revisit it. Make some new ones. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, this will help you feel like you've got this really under control, which is ultimately, we want you guys to feel confident when you're making uh, decisions when it comes to your finances. And one good decision we made today that isn't related to finances, smoke old fashions. Oh, yeah. Great decision. Yeah. We should do that more often. We should. <laughs> hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize this with a financial plan. If it is a 50 plus page document that's delivered, it costs you an arm and a leg and ends up with an insurance sales pitch. Be careful. A financial yeah. plan is not a document. It's a living and breathing thing. And it changes. Don't if buy that stuff. If, if you're feeling like you're being sold, yeah. <laughs> Run for the hills. So, all right. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, that was right. good. Was good. You want another? You want to try? <laughs> want to try cherry? I don't think I should. <laughs> Blue Jay Financial Group LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.